Hi everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Is a little white lie all that terrible? I think that is a question that is at the center of our reading today. Today we are looking at 1 Samuel 21 to 24. Uh, There's kind of three major events. The first one is David is fleeing from Saul. Actually, David is fleeing from Saul throughout this entire reading. Uh, First, he's going to come to uh, the priest at Nob uh, because he's hungry and needs some food. Uh, Then he is going to uh, continue to flee into Keilah. Uh, The priests are going to be slaughtered by Saul. And eventually, at the end of the reading, we find David hiding in a cave, Uh, and cutting the corner off of Saul's robe. So there's a lot to get into today. Uh, I would encourage you to stick around for the reading. Make sure you listen to the reading yourself or, you know, get out your Bible and read it for yourself. Uh, But I would prefer that you read this for yourself and just use our commentary as kind of like a a bonus. So starting off in chapter 21, uh, you have David coming up to the priest at Nob. The reason the priest is at Nob is because Shiloh has been destroyed. So this city of Nob seems to be kind of the place where they are worshiping the Lord. Uh, and the priest comes out to David. The priest is terrified. And David lies to him. David says he is on official business of the king. That is not true. David is hiding from the king because King Saul is trying to kill him. Uh, and he basically says, like, hey, I am I am extremely hungry. I need some food. The priest tells him that the only food that he has is the consecrated bread. This would be the the uh, bread, 12 loaves of bread that would be put out in the Lord's presence on the Sabbath day. Uh, and it's only for priests. Only priests can eat it and only in a holy place. And it's really interesting because Ahimelech, the priest, um, kind of creates a loophole and allows David to eat this bread as long as he is ceremonially clean. Uh, This goes directly against Leviticus. This is not something the priest is supposed to do. Uh, So we have two people that are not obeying the law. David is telling several lies, and the priest is handing out the holy bread. Uh, So this is kind of an odd story, uh, and it's not without consequence, but we would be missing something if we didn't tell you about uh, Jesus referring to this story in Matthew 12. And Jesus uses this this exact story, the story of David and Ahimelech, to illustrate the fact that mercy for people uh, is more important than obedience to ritual and law. He's really, he's confronting the Pharisees. Uh, Jesus uses the story to come against the Pharisees. Some people say uh, that Jesus teaches this story to illustrate that the Pharisees are starting to pursue him unjustly. Uh, just like Saul is beginning to pursue David unjustly. Uh, But at the end of the story, we see the priests give the food to David. Uh, David retrieves Goliath's sword. We also see the priests say that the only sword that the priests have is the sword of Goliath. And so David takes that and flees to Gath. And when David gets to Gath, um, he acts like he's insane uh, because he is among his enemies. And the, the king of Gath is like, I have enough crazy people around here. I don't need David. Now, what's interesting about this whole story about the priest at Nob is that when Saul finds out about the fact that Ahimelech has aided David in running away from him, uh, Saul basically goes crazy and has all of the priests at Nob killed, just like outright Uh, The reason that this is significant is because if David had not lied, if David had told Ahimelech the truth, uh, Ahimelech would have been able to 
uh, at least do what was right with the information that he had. But David misled him. And because David misled him, uh, all these priests are put to death. And we're actually going to see David be like sad about this and regret this decision. Um, but it, it is kind of a significant point in David's life that he lied to Ahimelech and Ahimelech dies and all the priests at Nob die. Uh, it also shows us that Saul is continuing his descent into madness um, because Saul has gone from God's chosen anointed king to now the slayer of God's priests. Um, so the original audience would have heard this story and been horrified at what Saul is doing. Um, so then David flees into Keilah. Uh, there's kind of this pursuit of David. Uh, at one point, David's on one side of the mountain. Saul's on the other side of the mountain. Like their two armies are just kind of like spinning around each other. Uh, Saul has to go off and fight some Philistines. And then David retreats into En Gedi. En Gedi is a really interesting place. Uh, I've actually had the chance to be there. Jenny and I have both been to En Gedi. Uh, and right now it's like a, it's almost like a national park in Israel. It's like this really beautiful uh, spring in the desert. Um, so there's a lot of water there. There are caves there. You can go there today and you can see them. Um, but it makes sense because of the way En Gedi is set up that David could hide there with his army. It seems like he had between four and 600 men. And so at one point they are in this cave and it just so happens that Saul is also in this cave. So this is a wild story. Uh, David and his, you know, possibly 600 soldiers that have been fleeing from Saul all this time are in the prime position to end this whole thing and kill Saul and stop running away. And David has actually been anointed as king. Um, it, it seems like to some degree it wouldn't be wrong for David to do that. But when Saul is in the corner, Saul goes into the cave to relieve himself. David sneaks up on him and cuts the corner off of his robe. And what we learn from the text is that David is refusing, refusing absolutely um, to take any of this into his own hands. Uh, he basically says, Saul, you are the Lord's anointed. I am not going to come against you. Um, if you are removed from power, it will be because God has done it, not because I will do it, which is insane. Like David is doing this. Uh, he's making this choice with an entire army. Like he's been fleeing from Saul for some period of time. There's all these men who are on the run. They are starving. Um, they are, you know, I'm sure tired of running away. And David refuses to take action against Saul. So this is this is a really interesting look into David's character at this point. He refuses to take things into his own hands. And he honors uh, the Lord's anointed to an extreme degree. Uh, and we actually see, like, like Saul is kind of uh, a hardened guy at this point. But when Saul realizes that David could have taken his life and chose not to, he kind of has this moment of reality falling on him, and he understands that David will be the king, uh, that David has far higher moral character than he does, far higher trust in the Lord than he does, and he actually begs David not to destroy uh, his line and his offspring, which we will see David honor in the future. So there's there's some really interesting stories uh, in these couple of chapters. Uh, if you've been around church for a long time, you've probably heard some of these stories. So I do encourage you to stick around and listen to the reading or read it for yourself. Um, but I think there's there's two takeaways here. I started off asking, like, how bad can a little white lie be? Uh, the, the lie that David tells Ahimelech is not significant. He just tells him, like, hey, I'm on king's business. Like, really, David is just trying to get a loaf of bread because he is hungry. His men are hungry. Uh, it doesn't seem like a big deal. 
Um, but that lie actually has extreme and lasting consequences because Saul chooses to kill off these people. Uh, so I think it's it's really difficult um, to look at this story and hold up David's moral character in the story. Uh, I guess it is further complicated by the fact that Jesus teaches using this story. Um, he doesn't say that it's right for David to lie. He just says that it was, um, essentially, he's making the case that it was kind of Ahimelech to have mercy on David. But it, it the fact that David is lying has significant consequences. And I think it is a challenge to us to read the story um, and be encouraged by the fact that David is not willing to come against Saul, you know, be encouraged that he's not willing to take matters into his own hands, but also be cautious about the fact that here we have David being dishonest and it costs Ahimelech and all the other priests their lives. Ultimately, it's Saul's fault, um, but it doesn't pay to be dishonest. And I think that is obvious in this text. I think a second takeaway um, we do see in the story where he cuts the piece off of Saul's robe, like this extreme faith. Um, David is literally the head of an army. I'm sure these men are not happy with him when he tells the story that he had Saul in a corner and chose not to kill him. Um, so it, it is extremely faithful of David uh, not to kill Saul. And I think, you know, obviously you are not in that same situation. I am not in that same situation, but how often uh, do I want to take things into my own hands rather than trusting the Lord and appealing to God in prayer? Um, at least for me, that happens very often. And I know in times when I choose to pray about things rather than scheme about things, I oftentimes, you know, to be honest, a lot of times um, those issues are not resolved quickly, but I do find that I am drawn closer and closer to the Lord and my faith grows um, because I'm asking God to take care of it and I'm not trying to figure out a way to manipulate it for myself. So hopefully you get something out of this. Hopefully there's an interesting takeaway for you. I think today you get two choices of your parts. Um, either A, be honest in every situation you're in, or B, uh, trust the Lord. Go to the Lord in prayer and seek him when you're dealing with difficult things and watch your faith grow as you ask the Lord to act. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. 1 Samuel chapter 21. Then David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech came to meet David trembling and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? And David said to Ahimelech the priest, The king has charged me with a matter and said to me, Let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. And the priest answered David, I have no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. If the young men have kept themselves from women, and David answered the priest, Truly women have been kept from us, as always as when I go on an exped expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy, even when it's an ordinary journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord, to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. 
Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Doeg the Edomite, the chief of Saul's herdsmen. Then David said to Ahimelech, Then have you not here a spear or a sword at hand? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it, for there is none but that here. And David said, There is none like that, give it to me. And David rose and fled that day from Saul, and went to Achish the king of Gath. And there servants of Achish said to him, Is it not David the king of the land? Did not they sing to one another to him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. And David took these words to heart, and was much afraid of Achish the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them, and pretended to be insane in their hands, and made marks on the doors of the gate, and let spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to the servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought me this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. And he became commander over them. And they were with him about four hundred men. And David went from there to Mizpah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and my mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. And he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Then the prophet Gad said to David, Do not remain in the stronghold. Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. Now Saul heard that David was discovered, and the men who were with him. Saul was sitting at Gibeah under the tamarisk tree on the height with his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. And Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, people of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards? Will he make you all commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, that all of you have conspired against me? No one discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is sorry for me or discloses to me that my son has stirred up a servant against me to lie in wait at this day. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, who stood by the servants of Saul. I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, to Ahimelech the son of Ahitub. And he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent to summon Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub, and his father's house, the priests who were at Nob, and all of them came to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, son of Ahitub. And he answered, Here I am, my lord. And Saul said to him, why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, so that he has risen against me, to lie in wait as at this day? Then Ahimelech answered the king, And who was among your servants is so faithful as David, who is the king's son-in-law, and captain over your bodyguard, and honored in your house? Is today the first time that I have inquired of God for him? No. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to all the house of my father, for your servant has known nothing of all this, much or little. And the king said, You shall surely die, Ahimelech, you and all your father's house. And the king said to the guard who stood with him, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David. And they knew that he fled and did not disclose it to me. 
But the servants of the king would not put out their hand to strike the priests of the Lord. Then the king said to Doeg, You turn and strike the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and struck down the priests, and he killed on that day eighty-five persons who wore the linen ephod. And Nob, the city of priests, he put to the sword, both man and woman, child and infant, ox and donkey and sheep, he put to the sword. But one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub, named Abathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abathar told David that Saul had killed the priests of the Lord. And David said to Abathar, I knew on that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me. Do not be afraid. For he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safe keeping. Now they told David, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. When Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David, to Keilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people to war, to go down to Keilah, to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him. And he said to Abathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah, to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. Then David and his men who were about six hundred, arose and departed from Keilah, and they went wherever they could go. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the exp expedition. And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horesh, and Jonathan went home. Then the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Horesh on the hill in Hakalah, which is south of Jeshimon? Now come down, O king, according to all your heart's desire to come down, and our part shall be to surrender him into the king's hand. And Saul said, May you be blessed by the Lord, for you have had compassion on me. Go make yet more sure. Know and see the place where his foot is, and who has seen him there, for it is told me that he is very cunning. See therefore, and take note of all the lurking places where he hides, and come back to me with sure information. Then I will go with you. And if he is in the land, I will search him out among all the thousands of Judah. 
and they arose and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the wilderness of Maon, in the Arabah in the south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to seek him. And David was told, so he went down to the rock and lived in the wilderness of Maon. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Maon. Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul, saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid against the land. So Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore that place was called the Rock of Escape. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of Engedi. When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of all of Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the wild goats' rocks. And he came to the sheepfolds by the way, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterward David's heart struck him, because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, and put out my hand against him, seeing that he is the Lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David also arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, My Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men who say, Behold, David seeks your harm? Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into into my hand in the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See my father, see the corner of the robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, Out of the wicked comes wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom has the king of Israel come out? After whom do you pursue? After a dead dog? After a flea? May the Lord therefore be judge and give sentence between me and you, and see to it and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. As soon as David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I repaid you evil. And you have declared this day how you have dealt well with me, in that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go away safe? So may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now behold, I know that you will surely be king, and the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me therefore by the Lord that you will not cut off my offspring after me, and that you will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore this to Saul. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold.
Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.